you can look back and I can now see those little steps that I took that were courageous that maybe I didn't know at the time. And it really gave me that build up confidence to be able to take that big leap based on my intuition. Like it was not logical to drop out of school, really. Everyone's telling me it's not the right thing to do. But I just knew within, like, I didn't have a reason. I couldn't really explain it, but I was just like, I knew that it was right for me. Yeah. Welcome everyone to Lapis Lisa podcast. Our mission at Lapis Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. Today, we have a very courageous guest. She's the one who decided to go and build a life on her own terms, to build a life that truly excites her. And she not only dreamt big, but she also decided and took action. She built a community of over 20,000 of people, and she's actually also starting off her own podcast project. Elise, welcome to the show. So nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Liza. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> awesome. Let's start with, you talk a lot about building the life on your own terms and doing the things that you truly desire. And I actually wanted to ask you, where did you start your journey? Were you always this courageous and this rebellious? Or yeah, how, how were you? How did you embark on this journey? Oh my goodness. I, I like literally laugh when you asked me that because in no way was I ever courageous to say the least. <laughs> um, I guess to go right back to the like start, start. I was in high school. I was so, I was so insecure I was so self-conscious. I had no confidence and I was just trying to fit in, really just drinking mm -hmm. myself in light of everyone else. And I guess it kind of carried with me throughout my first year of university. I never really broke out of my bubble, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know who I was. And so then COVID hit um, halfway through our second semester, my first year of university. And we all went home into lockdown and I literally just one day, I don't even know how to describe it, but one day I just decided that like it was the day my life was going to change. And I woke up and I just started, I, it really started with fitness. Um, I think that like it was my, my physical manifestation of me needing to like actually step into myself and do some self-improvement. So it started physically in the way that I could see it. And so I started getting into fitness and nutrition, just doing home workouts in my basement every single day, going for walks. I started listening to self-development podcasts and that just really carried me forward into, I guess, November of that year. So maybe six months later-ish, um, I decided to start my own Instagram account just as a place to share my workouts really and um, kind of some self-development stuff that I, some mindset stuff that I was learning. And I really didn't have any expectations for it at all. I just kind of, it's so funny because if you were to scroll back, you would see, I would literally just come home from my workout. I would snap a little mirror picture, like write the workout in the caption, throw a little filter on my picture and post it. And that was it. It was just so simple. <laughs> Um, but it really just came out of a, this genuine place to share my love and the benefits that I've gotten from fitness and self-development so far and just hopefully like let other people experience that. So I guess that was kind of like my very first kind of quote unquote courageous thing to do that was so out of my comfort zone really. Um, and yeah, I mean, now fast forward to today, my content has evolved as I have evolved on social media and just in real life and my message has grown in different directions I went from fitness to fashion to self-development I was all over but yeah so it's just really correlated and I think being online and putting my life out there really helped me to grow a lot of confidence alongside the other work that I was doing mm. in a way that I never would have expected and to gain this community aspect of all the people like I met you through there and um yeah it's really yeah it led me to just get in, in touch with my own intuition too and get into spirituality and that's what led me now to um kind of break free from society's mold I guess like you were saying and um 
I decided to drop out of university because it just wasn't right for me. And it was something like if you would have told me that this is where I would be like maybe five years ago, not even, I would never believe you. Never. I was always an academic kid. I was really smart. I was bright in school and loved it. But I think there's just, I've, I've grown to see that there's other ways to learn than just university education. And it was not for me anymore. And it took a lot of courage for me to make that leap. But I think I from making that leap, sorry. I was saying I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think from making that leap, it just gives you that, that confidence. It's like, it's scary. Yeah. But you got to feel that fear and know within you that that's the right decision. And know that like, I also knew that school's always there for me when I want to come back to it, if I want to, but it gave me so much confidence to trust my, trust my intuition, trust my gut. And it's just, it's led to the best things. Those scary decisions always lead to the best things. So I'm yeah. just excited to see what, what's next for me, I guess. <laughs> wow, you just mentioned so, so many things that I just wanted to <laughs> unpack as well. I just, I didn't want to interrupt you because you keep, kept on mentioning amazing stuff. Um, and you know, when you were saying that it just so happened that COVID started and then I started my Instagram page and I was very genuine and still are very genuine, just sharing my story and getting better at it. And then it so happened, I started doing this. And I always think that things make, make sense only when you look at them backwards, you can see how the little mm -hmm. steps that you're taking and the first step, and actually you also talk about it uh, on your pages when you mentioned that the first step that you take, it doesn't have to be a huge leap of faith, you know, it's a small courageous step that you start, you just like exploring new things and then only looking backwards, you can see how all of them align into a beautiful picture. And then you're just getting excited and about life because you're doing things when close and closer to the life on your own terms. Yeah, you're so right. I always say that too. Hindsight is always 2020. And it's like, you can look back and I can now see those little steps that I took that were courageous that maybe I didn't know at the time. And it really gave me that build up confidence to be able to take that big leap based on my intuition. Like it was not logical to drop out of school, really. Everyone's telling me it's not the right thing to do, but I just knew within, like, I didn't have a reason. I couldn't really explain it, but I was just like, I knew that it was right for me. Yeah. And so it's just the accumulation of those little courageous steps that really gives you the confidence and courage to take those big ones. Yeah, and honestly, it just gives me the goosebumps whenever you mention that, because whenever someone says that, I don't know why, I don't have the words for it, everyone else is telling me that I'm wrong, but I believe it and I'm actually doing it and I'm following my own intuition, that gives me chills. I'm like, yeah. this, this is what life is about. It's your life. Right. And literally, no one, no one can give you better advice than you can. And why do we always yeah. listen to somebody else or our own inner voice. So that's why everyone who's listening, please <laughs> make note of that and listen to your inner voice. Yeah. And I think it is, it's like a muscle that you have to learn to, to use almost because I never really understood the concept of intuition or like listening to your gut. I was like, how do you even do that? Because as young women, I think we're really taught not to, we're taught mm -hmm. to just do what you're like, quote unquote, supposed to do. And follow the rules and you're not taught to actually listen to your gut. But as women, especially we have such strong intuitive senses that it's like, you got to tap into that. That's where all the greatness comes is when you do those things that you, you don't even know how to explain, but it just feels right. So how did you tap into it? I have to ask <laughs> for everyone who's not wondering, okay, tell me you figure it out. <laughs> See, it's so funny you asked me that because I ask myself the same question often. And it's like, I can't think, like, I can't pinpoint one place where I just started doing it. But I think it just all came from, like, the accumulation of, for one thing, I think a lot of, like, the self-development podcasts I listened to, mm -hmm. I was listening to podcasts every day and just, like, hearing the words, like, hearing intuition, what the heck is that? And just starting to get familiar with it and then starting to, like, kind of just, with my confidence building, I started to trust myself a little bit more mm -hmm. and the decisions I wanted to make. And it just started from those that really did start from making small decisions based on my mm -hmm. intuition that were maybe a little bit illogical, but 
yeah, it's not like a big thing, maybe, maybe just to like buy something that seemed illogical, but then it ended up being great or whatever. And then it just kind of gave, gave me that little bit of confidence, like I was saying, and that little chip on your shoulder, and then you can kind of like step up and step up. And then you can eventually start to learn your, when your intuition's talking to you and when it's just yeah. you following what you think you should be doing. And I also do think too, um, about like six months ago, I started to explore like spirituality and all the uh, concepts of like manifestation, law of attraction, I uh, mm-hmm. started getting tarot readings and that really, really took a big step in me getting more in touch with my intuition too. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And also just when you were mentioning that it's small steps that help you to actually start trusting yourself. I think that's something that not many people talk about, about it, it, and it is actually building a relationship with yourself because you actually have to build a relationship with yourself to be able to trust yourself. So when you say something to yourself and then you actually have to keep the promise that you made to yourself even more so than to anyone else in the world, because you're the person with whom you're spending all your life. And then if you say, I will work out, your body wants, for example, a good workout and you tell yourself, yeah, I will work out. And then the time comes and you fail on that promise you start trusting yourself less and you feel less confident. And it's, and when you would, there would be even a bigger decision in front of you, you would just not trust yourself that you would be able to do this or um, you would, again, expect yourself to, that you would just not show up there. But because you were saying you started with fitness, nutrition, you started building up that good relationship with yourself and then learning more, growing. And I think that also made that fuel for you to actually when you there was a bigger decision and even a scary one that you actually were ready to take the leap and please correct me if I completely misunderstood <laughs> no you just made some really amazing points there I think for one thing I'm a big believer that self-confidence really is just the product of you keeping those promises with yourself mm-hmm. and it's so true what you say it is those it's those small ones that it all accumulates to the big ones. Like if you're, you're not keeping those little promises with yourself to say, go to the gym or do your morning meditation when it's just not convenient in the moment, then what are you telling your mind and telling yourself for those, when those bigger decisions come along or just, just for yourself, sense of self in general, you're telling yourself that you're not trustworthy and you're not keeping up with those promises. So I think that's huge. And I do also think that you're so spot on with the whole, the way that the fitness and nutrition all correlated into this now, because it was an easy start for me for fitness. Cause that's something that like, you can physically see yourself developing, growing, changing. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so that really correlates into all aspects of my life within my relationships with others, my relationships with myself nutrition, fitness, like literally everything I've noticed that just that those, the discipline, the motivation, just the, everything that I gained from fitness really came into every aspect of my life. Yeah. And actually it relates to the question that I wanted to ask you. If someone wants to start or embark on this beautiful self-development journey, what would be a good place to start? So would you say it is fitness? Yeah. See, I don't know if I ever would have said that before, but now the more that I think of it, I think it is a really great place to start because it is so tactical. Like you can see what you're getting out of it based on what you're putting in, right? The more you put in, the more you're going to get out. So I think that that's a great place to start knowing that the skills and the confidence you gain from that is going to correlate into every other aspect of your life. Mm. I, would I think that is a good place that. to start yeah. I would definitely agree with that because uh, personally I also when COVID hit I started doing home workouts on a very mm-hmm. regular basis and just seeing the transformation like physical you know when you actually feel stronger in your body yeah. I think there's 
it, it's such an empowering feeling because you yourself have done that. You know, nobody told you to do that. It was not, you don't always want to work out. Most of the times, actually, you don't want to work out because you're tired yeah. or there's something else or, you you know, like you, you dress if you're doing something uh, more fun, but you actually prove, you know, you prove to yourself that I'm disciplined. I will do this. I have a plan. I'll stick to it. And it's so, so empowering because, and then I feel like, as you mentioned, it just spreads into all areas of your life at work, yep. whatever you're creating, you just feel stronger, you feel better. And also I feel like after, um, also for me personally, whenever I feel any negative emotion and then I work out, I feel like it completely like disappears and dissipates and I feel so happy and energized and yeah, so it's also a good yeah. trick. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And I love the the point about strength because yeah, you do feel stronger physically and it just makes you feel stronger and more equipped to literally tackle anything in your life. Whereas otherwise, maybe you would have just been like, if you build that relationship with yourself that you cancel on your plans to go to the gym instead, then you're just going to be, you're going to feel so much less empowered to tackle those problems that come up in just every aspect of your life because they do things are presented to us. It's, it's unavoidable. So it's like, yeah, it's such a tactical way to be able to build up that strength within yourself Yeah. to actually like just, just navigate life in a more effective way. Yeah. I love that. I, know, I cannot imagine now not working out. I think it would yeah, right? really impact my whole life in such a negative way if I just stop working out. Literally. Well, I and always say too, like I'm a big morning workout girl and if I don't work out in the morning, I feel that the rest of my day is off. Like it's, it's actually like I've set myself almost up for like failure if I don't work out in the morning because those endorphins just, they set the tone for your day. Like it just, it's such a great way to set yourself up for an undoubtedly good day. Build that foundation yeah. first thing. Definitely. And I think you're also, you, you love Jay Shetty, right? Oh my gosh. Yes, so much. <laughs> <laughs> so he was also saying that, you know, you have to use your morning morning routine to actually bulletproof for your day and to do whatever energizes you. For example, if it is a workout, if it is reading, meditating, because I've, I, like after you've done that, after your morning, many things can happen and lots of them are outside mm -hmm. of your control. But let's say you wake up at zero and then you've done your morning routine and now you're at 10. So every, and then everything that happens can, you know, worst case scenario, go back to zero. But if you wake up at zero yeah. and you start checking your phone, you see all the negative things that are happening. You don't get your workout done. You start rushing. You, you will end up your day at negative. So that's why like exactly. the morning, right? As you mentioned, you know, when you have the morning, and you've done something, you're energized yourself, you have those endorphins, you feel so much better throughout the whole day. Yeah. And I, I actually want to share too, one piece of wisdom that Jay Shetty shared that I has always stuck with me. Um, just about mornings is like, one big thing for my mornings is I don't touch my phone for the first hour of my morning. And the way he says it too, is so interesting. He's like, you wouldn't wake up first thing in the morning and allow hundreds of people to walk into your room and start telling you all their problems and everything that's going on and whatnot. So why do you do that? It's the same thing on your phone. And by doing that, you're just letting everything else in the world determine the course of your day. Whereas if you don't, don't check your phone and you just spend that time on yourself in the morning, you get to decide what the tone of your day is going to be. So it was yeah. such an interesting perspective. I was like, yeah, I would never like just have hundreds of people standing around my bed in the morning going yeah. off. So that's yeah. a little craziness. And I really love that you share why, because, you know, we hear a lot of things like you should not be doing this. You should not look at your phone when you wake up. You should drink lots of water when you wake up. But if we don't know the why behind it and actually also the effects it has on us, um, mm -hmm. we, it's way harder to take action. So after you've learned that, did you just put your phone in another room or how did you actually achieve that you don't look at the phone in the first hour? See, I get that like most people need to do that, but I actually just, I, I use my phone for my alarm. So I guess technically I look at my phone to turn my alarm off, but 
that's it. I just, it just sits on my bed. I just hop right out of bed. I don't lie in bed or scroll or anything. I just hop out of bed, make my bed right away and get doing my morning routine. I have a morning routine that I'm excited to do. And I think that's what helps mm. me get out of bed. Mm. And I just don't even think twice to look on my phone. I, I would, I would probably go hours without checking it. I could keep doing little things for myself if I could, but <laughs> sometimes you just gotta get on. Yeah. Yeah. And you said that you have the morning routine that you love. What What is your morning routine, if you don't mind sharing? Of course. So I've actually just kind of like been reworking my morning routine. But I get up around 6.15-ish lately. And um, right away, first thing, like I said, I get up, get out of my bed and make it. And I will get outside to get some sunlight because oh. I heard that that is a very good thing to start your day with. <laughs> so I get my sunlight. I'll sit outside on my balcony for maybe five minutes and just soak it in kind of. I'll sit there and think of things I'm grateful for and just kind of take some deep breaths, wake up. Um, and I also drink water first thing in the morning. <laughs> um, and then... I come back inside, I do my meditation. That's either a guided meditation on like the Calm app or just oftentimes I'll just sit there and let my mind do what it needs to do or have like a visualization type of meditation. And then every morning I make myself my greens ju juice and a tea and I will either journal or read while I'm drinking those. And that's kind of it. And then I'll usually get ready for the gym and or I'll do yoga or something like that <laughs> that's beautiful I see why you're so excited about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> those yeah. things just light my soul on fire like those are all my favorite things yeah definitely oh and I, I really hope that whoever is listening to this just you know you don't have to repeat our morning routine or Lisa's morning mm -hmm. routine just find what works for you what works or lights your soul on fire and just trying to incorporate it in your morning routine and you can see how that will change your whole day but definitely don't look at your phone <laughs> totally and that's such an important point is like you hear that and this has been like an evolution of a lot of different morning routines and finding what works for me so it is important to try these different things like you'll see everywhere someone's going to tell you to journal you have to journal every morning someone's going to tell you you have to meditate every morning Someone's going to tell you you have to do X, Y, Z, but you've got to maybe try everything out, see what you love and just do that. Mm -hmm. Like for a while, I just couldn't stick with journaling. And I was in this resistance with myself because I was feeling guilty because I was like, everyone's telling me I have to start my day with journaling. It's the best way, but it just wasn't working for me. And when I finally just accepted that and gave it up was when I was actually just like at peace. And I actually had an effective morning routine because... I wasn't trying to force something that was just not right for me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And yeah. I think these days, many people feel lots of societal pressures. And uh, because you see on social media, it's so easy to see what, who is doing what. And everyone also presents all usually the better parts of their days or their lives. And that's why it's hard. You, you can feel this pressure and then you just still need to focus on yourself and see what works for you the best and you, yeah. as you mentioned to just be very in touch with yourself um yeah. and I was and it does come yeah. sorry but yeah it, it isn't just like an immediately like you're not just immediately going to be in touch with yourself it does come from a lot of experimentation and patience in that journey but I mean I'm still working on it too but it is just showing up for yourself every day in, in a small way and it'll it'll build on itself. Yeah, I, I feel like I'll be working on it my whole life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Know, and I hope music. so, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, you, you know, you don't ever want to be at a point where you feel like you have it all figured out because what does that really mean? There's always more you can do and always ways you can grow and evolve. Yeah. And also, as you mentioned, you know, if somebody five years ago told you that this will be your life, you would just not believe them. But now it is yeah. your life. So you are just like literally a different person. So you in five years and or me in five years will be such different people. So of course, totally. different things will work for us at that point of time. So we'll never have it figured out. Or at least that's, mm -hmm. that's how I view things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. I love the mystery in it. And like, the way that you can take just I'm at this point where I'm like I don't know where I'm gonna be in five years don't even ask me but like 
I know that every day I'm taking aligned actions in the direction that I want to go. And that's all that matters to me. And I know that the person I'm meant to be will come as a result of that. Yeah. I actually also wanted to ask you, so because you took this big leap, you know, you just quit university. Does it actually light, light you more on fire to actually take more actions or to even be more disciplined? Because now you feel like you've done this big choice and it has to be the right one. Yeah. Okay. It's so interesting you asked that because I think I've been, so I made that decision or, well, I guess I finished university about a month ago and I've been in this really tough inner battle with like, with that exactly is just really feeling like I need to prove myself now that I made the, the right decision. And that mm -hmm. comes back to like my people pleasing tendencies. And I always call myself a recovering people pleaser because I really was. And, um, so it's just like, I feel the need to explain myself and prove to everyone that I did the right thing. Cause all those people that, like I said, didn't agree with me dropping out of school and they were telling me I'm doing the wrong thing. And I've just been really at this battle with myself. Cause I'm like, how the heck do I do that? And it's like, I know that I'm doing this because I want to create the space for myself to really find out who it is that I am and who I want to be in the direction I want to go. So it's like, that is a whole different energy versus the rigid energy of trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do and just taking like this really like blocked out action, I guess that if that makes mm -hmm. sense, like really it closes you off. I think it's like a closed energy versus the energy of like being open to learning about myself. And that mm -hmm. takes time. Whereas I wanted those like quick results of, okay, I need to do something to prove that I'm doing the right thing mm. quick. Mm. Um, if that makes sense. So I've been really working on accepting with myself that I don't need to explain myself to anyone else. And I actually, I had my first therapy appointment this week and she gave me this really good phrase to say to people when, when I'm in a situation that I feel like I need to explain myself to just say, I'm in my twenties. I'm just figuring it out. And I think that like really hit me. I was like, yeah, I am just figuring it out and I don't need to have it figured out. Yeah. So it's really this like self-acceptance journey of like just being okay with not mm. explaining myself and not being understood by everyone and mm. knowing that I within am in the right place and they don't have to see that. Mm. I think yeah. it's so, so beautiful because You know, I think ultimately it's not me, maybe even the pressure that they put on you, but it's the pressure that you put on yourself oh. that you actually project. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're putting the pressure, but the pressure is coming from you because, you know, nobody can feel, make you feel a certain emotion without you letting it. So just yes, like, you say it so well. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> 100 oh. <laughs> and it is it's like literally though it's me in my mind making up these situations that I have to explain myself to people like mm. I mean realistically it's gonna happen but it the you go through the stress twice by making this situation up in your mind so you're so right about that <laughs> I think it was Seneca and he said that we suffer more in the imagination than we do in reality and yeah, totally Ever since I heard that phrase, and then I was like, okay, I don't want to suffer. I, I don't want to suffer twice. I, I just rather suffer once, actually, when the consequences hit. And there's one thing, you know, um, if, if some pressure actually pushes you to take action, that's great, right? Um, because you needed that. But if some mm -hmm. pressure actually, like, makes you feel anxious, and then it stops you from acting because you just get overwhelmed or you start doubting yourself, etc. then that's not a good pressure that you just cause in yourself some suffering. And I think that everyone, everyone has that. It's just like good to recognize what kind of pressure there is and if it's good for you at this time or if it's not, and just to change and adjust course accordingly. Yeah. And it is important to realize like when you are feeling pressures or overwhelmed to really like, be able to take the space, step back and ask yourself, like, is this pressure pushing me in the right direction? Or is it telling me that I need to take a step back? Like, do you lean into it or take a step back? And it's, it's a scary decision because those two decisions have very different outcomes, but 
I feel like that's where it comes into like getting really in touch with your intuition and you make those little decisions based on that. And you just, you, I mean, I think that a big thing that I've come to terms with and like just in life in general is there really isn't a wrong decision. It's just making the decision. And then how are you going to go about life accordingly after Mm -hmm. you've made that decision down that path? Yeah. Oh my God. It takes a lot of pressure off of that. Like, because I used to hate decision making. I was like, God, please don't like, don't ask me where we want to go for dinner. I don't know. I can't decide. But it's just like, just choose a place and then pick a menu item when you go there and enjoy it. It doesn't have to be this like big, big pressured full decision. It was just, yeah, you get to take that pressure off just knowing that you're going to be okay. You just act accordingly. <laughs> yeah, and also I, I think again it also comes down to trust. Like trust yourself. So don't don't like if you don't think that you will always make the right decision because of course everyone will make mistakes. You cannot avoid making mistakes, and if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying enough. Uh, but at the yeah. same time, just to have that trust in yourself. Okay, I'll figure it out. I'll do all of these mistakes, and I figure I'll figure it out. You know, you go to the restaurant and there's nothing you can eat. You're like, okay, cool. I have some cocktails. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I love that too. Cause it's so different. It's like, yeah, maybe you were going for food, but you end up getting cocktails. You're still going to be happy with those cocktails. Maybe you'll be yeah. hungry still, but you know what? Like you get something different that you never expected. So yeah. I love that. That's kind of a cool ana- analogy. Yeah, for sure. And I also wanted to go back to something that you mentioned um, earlier when we just started the chat. Um, you mentioned that you would ne- you never, when you were growing up, you would never call yourself courageous or the person who does all of this like big scary decisions, and that you are actually quite um, not necessarily would not describe yourself like very confident or secure. So yeah, first, I also wanted to ask. Why do you think so many people these days are quite insecure? Like, what do you think is driving, especially girls these days? And what was for you or like any personal examples that you can share that somebody who is listening to this podcast and they are struggling with insecurities, um, anything that could help them as well? Yeah, I I feel like a lot of my insecurities were just, just high school and it it sucks that that's the way it is, but I think that like there's so much pressure on us girls mm-hmm. to like look a certain way and fit in with the crowd and you know mm-hmm. just just live up to these unrealistic standards and so you're just you're pretty much living your life trying to mm-hmm. live up to them and you never can. It's not mm-hmm. like this one static thing that you can achieve there you're never gonna get there um those those expectations are so fluid, so it's like you're constantly striving and you're never succeeding at what you're trying to get. And so that's just really, it goes to chip away at your confidence, I think. And Mm. I think a lot of today, what plays into that is social media and just, there are so many young girls on social media and all they see is these like perfect people portraying these like moments of their life that often are edited, not real, or just like, just the highlight reel as we all know it is and not enough people on social media are like showing that real raw stuff and I think there are a lot of people lately that are doing it and I hope to kind of try to be more like that and Mm. be a little bit more real and I do try but it's hard um but people just get these unrealistic expectations of what they should look like what their life should look like what Mm. their relationship should look like and Mm then when they look back on their own, they're comparing their low lights to mm. the the social media highlights and they're just mm. never satisfied. And that just mm. also goes to create insecurities, I think, in all in relationships and your relationship with yourself and mm. your self-view. And it's really unfortunate. I mean, really, like, it's like, what can you do about it? Because mm. everyone's on social media these days, but I think it, it does come down to us and being able to be more as a creator online to be that person that can show the the real and raw stuff and mm. to try to normalize that more than the curated stuff. And I think that the, like with the growth of TikTok and mm. even Instagram is starting to go that way where it's like a little bit less curated and a little bit more real, but mm. it's a work in progress. But I think that plays a lot of part in it. Mm, definitely. 
And what would you say for you was the point where you started becoming more and more confident? Did you change something in your behavior or in your mindset? I think it, it wasn't one point. It was definitely the accumulation kind of like I've said throughout this whole interview. It was just like the, the first getting into fitness that just gained confidence in like the strength um, gaining strength and confidence in myself and just the way I saw my physical self, I was more confident in that sense. And then me starting my social media account, taking that risk and putting myself out there and meeting people that just like uplifted me mm. through social media. And um, that helped my confidence a lot, I think, and helped me step into myself. And mm. just the more self-worth I did, the self-work I did to mm. end my self-worth <laughs> um, really gained, gave me the confidence in myself. And I still would not consider myself self-confident. Like, I've grown so, so much. But I know that there's still so, so much confidence to gain. And mm. it's just, it's like knowing that, but also being able to, like, appreciate how far I've come, which puts me yeah. in a really good place of, like, feeling confident about myself right now 100 percent. i i definitely think the more you invest in yourself the more confident you become and that whole thing of just like just you focus on you and you do you it, mm -hmm. it's like the best advice you can give someone to become more confident because the more you focus i personally think the more you focus outwards and start comparing criticizing others you focus less on yourself and you will be just more and more self-conscious or have more and more insecurities. And yeah. just something that I, I personally noticed was when I started consciously looking for good in everyone I see, even like on the street, you can be walking around and it's, it's a very practical tip for um, if you want to be more confident is just notice the beauty around you. For example, somebody is walking, they have gorgeous hair. You're like, in your mind, you don't, you can, if, if you want, you can even say it to them. Um, but even just in your mind, you start point, seeing good things in everyone. And then mm -hmm. what it does, it just kind of teaches your mind to focus on what's good out there. And then you start seeing good in you. You're like, oh, I love the color of my eyes. I love my eyebrows or whatever it is for you. Because, yeah. you know, what saddens me deeply is when you ask someone, what are the three things about your physical appearance that you love? And people cannot name them. They can name like five things they hate about themselves, but they cannot name yeah. three that they love. And I'm like, oh my God, there's something wrong about mm -hmm. this, you know? Um, yeah, I think you're so right about that. I think confidence really is that's a great tactical thing because I think confidence really is a practice. It's not something that you just like get, it's something that you have to actively practice. And so I do now that I think back, like I think back when I was getting into more fitness and self-development, something I used to do was morning, like a gratitude list. Mm -hmm. Now just sit down and maybe set a timer for five minutes and just write down everything you're grateful for. And it just, it's like you said, it trains you to pick out the good things in your life. And like other journaling exercises, like, like the one you said, like three things that you love about yourself physically, three things that you love about your, your personality, um, that aren't physical and just, just other exercises like that, just really starting to actually pick out those things and practice acknowledging yeah. yourself in ways that build your confidence. Yeah. And also like being very specific when you write down gratitude for if you mm -hmm. like, don't just say, oh, I'm grateful for my life, but say, I'm grateful for this beautiful sunny day that I'm experiencing in this beautiful yeah. city. And being so specific, it just also helps your mind to even be more specific about any good. And it, I think it like enhances the gratitude and the positive feeling that you experience. Yeah. And it is, it, it's like, yeah, write the list, but don't just write the list to write the list. Like yeah. write something down, <laughs> feel it. And like, say why, like, I'm grateful for the friends that I've met online because they help me be the best self that I am and X, Y, Z, keep going, like, tell them why, why, why keep going deeper. And then you really get that embodied feeling of like, mm, yeah, I'm so grateful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, I also wanted to, 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 we touched upon insecurities, which is a big topic these days. I also wanted to touch upon failure 
I think it goes hand in hand mm. with confidence, failure. So what would you say is your approach to failure? What are your thoughts on failure? How, how do you deal with failure? Well, okay. So my, I'm actually working on this a lot right now within my self work, my self development journey. Um, just as I said, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm also a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> which they kind of go hand in hand. Yes. <laughs> and I think perfectionism is, it's an interesting one because people look at it sometimes as it is a good thing. And I think we often get perfectionism mixed up with like high achieving and just a high striver mm. kind of. And I think at its core, perfectionism is really a manifestation of a lack of self-worth because you are really just seeking to achieve quote unquote perfection in the, as it's def, as it's defined by external sources or by other people. And you're, you're looking up, okay, what's the definition of like a perfect thing in this sense. And then you're trying to live up to that versus like having a sense of self-worth, which is like defining almost perfection within your own self. And then you can strive high to achieve that within yourself. And it's, it's such a different way of seeing it. So I'm trying to really shift my focus away from perfectionism. Mm. And in that, I think with perfection comes a fear of failure because you don't want, obviously if you're failing, you're not achieving that per perfection. So in that I'm really trying to put myself in situations where I actually seek out failure. And I sometimes will ask myself like, what would I do if I knew I was going to fail? Because I see failure as such a, key component to anything successful or any type of growth is like that's the only way you learn you don't see any great person out there that's done anything great that has not ever failed so it's like I want to fail I want to experience failure and hardship so that I can learn from it and that I know that that's all going to be part of my story and it's only going to make me a better person and I need to experience those things so it's like a matter of me really changing my my view on failure to seek it out rather than to avoid it at all costs because that's really the biggest failure is like just staying still staying stagnant in fear of failure isn't it funny that the biggest failure is not failing yeah it is <laughs> it's so true it's so controversial but it's so true <laughs> yeah because also, I, I, so, I so agree with you when you were saying, you know, it will all just make up for a better story. You know, the more times you failed, yeah. the more times you didn't, something didn't work out. And actually, ultimately, if you keep going, you cannot fail because you, because yeah. as long as it's not the last thing that you've done, you just, you failed and then you keep on going and then you failed and you keep on going. And then as long as the last thing is you keep on going, you never really fail because you keep on going. Yeah. It's, it's exactly. not our end destination. It doesn't determine us. But yeah, I just, yeah. I, I, you know, I think it just because in school we have test systems and it's like, you failed that or you failed that. But what if somebody gave their absolute best at it, you know, and they yeah. just need a different approach or a different um, subject. They're just not strong in that one. And that's like black and white. You kind of either fail or you pass. And I, I think it just pushes us away from what is like, is about because imagine a baby who learns to walk and then like it tr tried like three times and then it keeps falling you're like oh yeah it's not meant to be he's not skilled at that right it's like what so they're just never gonna walk because they failed they're not gonna try again like it's not how it goes <laughs> yeah i love like i think that i really battle with the whole school system and grading because it's been this system that's obviously been ingrained in society for years and years and years but I like I said I was a very academic kid so I put a lot of my worth in that grading system mm -hmm. and that's a very set and defined scale of like you either are good great or like average or okay or you fail and so in putting so much worth in that I think that it was really hard for me to actually define my own worth because all my worth was in this really like predefined set scale. And like, I think that that's the way that's a big flaw in the way that all the kids grow up doing that too, is that like 
their whole worth is defined under that. And it's like, no school system is going to acknowledge you for coming out and, oh, you were really patient in class today. Great job. Or like, you put a lot of effort into really getting around that problem in math today. Great job. Or like, you, your, your writing skills and your spelling have improved since yesterday or since last week. Like, great job. Like, it's, it's not like that. It's just ABC fail pass, yeah. you know, like, it, it's like, what do you really learn from that? You're teaching yes. kids to put their worth in, in things like that and scales and systems that are just so yeah. arbitrary. Uh, I, I really love that it's also just focusing on ever like you personally, actually, you have the responsibility personally to look for things that you actually value yourself for and also to spots where you are becoming better because, you know, the school system will say like, for example, you failed the subject, but actually you could have made so much more improvement and became so much better, but you just still failed, yeah. but still it's exactly. your responsibility to actually notice that how much you improved. And then you go in the real world and you realize that all the rules that you work, worked in school, that don't work in real life. In real life, the mm -hmm. most successful people failed the most because they tried so much more different things and they keep on failing. So everything that you learned in school or the, the system, it doesn't work. Also, you cannot uh, me memorize your book like the book and then get an a you probably failed the test because uh, school doesn't work like that wow okay what a powerful point though that you just made that in school the people that fail the most are, are the least successful obviously but in real life the people that fail the most are the most successful isn't that crazy yeah it, it's absolutely and crazy. that's what as children were taught that and that's what's really ingrained in you is that what, when you fail, you're, you're unsuccessful. Yeah, but also I think it comes back to the whole school system was made to make very good employees, like workers, yeah. you know, like you can imagine like a factory yeah. work, you need to follow the rules. If you fail, it's bad. But actually with nowadays work, we need less and less workers, like physical workers. We need more and more mental workers, you know, who do like mm -hmm. creation and more creative processes, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. And actually those ones, you cannot actually, there's not a concrete process or like yeah, those ones that go to fail at school normally. Yeah. So I actually, I um, the, the most disgusting thing, it stuck with me ever since this year in school, in my first semester, one of my professors in business said to me, We've been working with the city to try to rearrange our classes because realistically, you guys are just products. You students are products of this university because we are creating you to be good products for the work system. And I was just like taken aback. I was like, that's not what I want my life to be. Like the way that they literally look at us as students, as products. I'm like, mm. is this right? Yeah. Like we're, that, we're being produced exactly to be good that, workers. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that's so crazy. blown away. But also I think there are a few very good universities that are actually teaching you very good skills. Like for example, yes. you know, they're giving you problems um, that are unsolvable just so that you yes. can start and like try different ways of thinking and stuff like that. And they actually give you so many different, um, between different circumstances and you learn real life skills. But mm -hmm. most of the things that you learn in university, you just have to realize that um, academic success will probably make you a very good worker, but it just depends what you want in life. Mm -hmm. Also for somebody, they maybe yes. just want to be a good worker, you know, and work like in a corporate yeah. job and they would love that. But it just, you have to and understand so what would work for you, right? And, uh, yeah. I think for, and as an entrepreneur, that's not something. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it's like, it is accepting that not everyone wants to, to go off and do their own thing. And some yeah. people are super happy in their life, just working for someone else and maybe climbing that corporate ladder or whatever. That's what they want to do. And that's great. And we need people yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. But Definitely. I think that there's, yeah, I think there, and it's such a true point that there is so many benefits to getting education, post-secondary education, especially in certain jobs, you actually do need it. <laughs> but mm. there, there is the other side to it that's kind of like upset, upturning to me. It's just like, mm. 
Definitely. I don't want to be that product of your system. <laughs> <laughs> I sense the feminist nature in you. <laughs> it's so funny too, because I feel like I'm in this phase in my life where now that I've had a taste of the rebellion, I'm like, yeah, in every possible way, if there's a situation where I'm in where I'm like, society is telling me to do this, I'm like, I'm going to do the other thing. I'm like, I need to be as rebellious as possible because all my life I've just been following the rules. So I'm like, society <laughs> tells me I need to have a job. Mm, better bet again. I'm not going to get a job kind of thing. So it's just like, uh, I'm yeah. in this rebellion phase. rebellion <laughs> phase. Yeah. yeah. So before I ask my last question, where people can connect with you, reach out to you, yeah, so I guess I'm most present on Instagram. My Instagram handle is life with Elise. Um, Elise is spelled E L Y S E, and then there's a, a little under dash after it. Um, and then I guess also I am in the works right now of having my own podcast. So you'll be able to find me there on June twentieth is when it's launching. Um, at that is the Courage Project. That's what my podcast is going to be called. It's a self development podcast so you'll be able to find me there on june 20th and onwards <laughs> awesome i'm looking forward to listening to the podcast yeah and, uh, my last question would be imagine you're 80 years old and you're looking back on your life and there's something that you wish you have done but you haven't done that so now what would be that thing for you what would you regret not doing you have not done it yet by this time but you definitely know that as an 80 year old, you would regret it. If I didn't do it. Yeah. It's a hard question. I think it would, yeah. There's like a few directions. I feel like I could go with this, but I think a big one would be like, not, not ever being vulnerable enough in my relationships to be my true self. Mm. I think that that's one that I'm like, what's the point if you're not going to be your full authentic self like you that's I think that's the best way to really connect with people so I think just really mm -hmm. learning who my true self is and just being that unapologetically and being that person in my relationships and just connecting on a deep level because of it beautiful Elise yeah. thank you so much for the podcast and coming on to it I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Liza. I really enjoyed our conversation as well. <laughs> awesome.